The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. This is our f***ing city. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Good morning, Boston, or good afternoon, or good evening, or good night. That's the great thing about podcasts. You can listen to this whenever you want. You can turn it off right now and listen to it tomorrow, but don't, please, please. This is the Boston Podcast. You've arrived. We're grateful that you're here. This is Dave, your host, per usual. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast, located at pod617.com. By the way, you should have your own podcast. My voice is actually as shrill as Fran Drescher's, but the microphones we have here at the Boston Podcast Network, podcast bunker located in Westwood, Mass., make you sound like Don Pardo or something. I don't know. My guest is a man just as well known as Don Pardo as far as I am concerned, a lawyer who happens to be an awesome guy and has accomplished all kinds of things. We won't even have time to get into all of them, but Bill Friedler is here. Welcome, Bill Friedler. Hey, Dave. That's it? Hey, Dave? Thanks for having me on. Well, you were just saying you're a former radio guy. Where was it? Where was that? Are those shows archived anywhere? I hope not. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, when I was in college at, at Wesleyan back in the 70s. Uh, humble humble brag. Yes. Wesleyan University. Yes. Uh, yes. WESU. Okay. Uh, 88.1. Is that where Bill Belichick went? Uh, yes, it is. All right. Yes, it is. Uh, Bill's a few years older than me. but uh, Two geniuses. Oh, well, <laughs> he, he is a genius, certainly, yeah. in mm-hmm. football, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you did, like, uh, just a, your regular old college music show, playing all these bands like the Buzzcocks and Sushi and the Sushi and the Banshees and bands you've never heard of before? Or? No, absolutely. Yeah? But I actually had a folk show, but I really, it was a... I liked it for the hour, but I didn't play too much folk music. I no. actually played rock music, which was sort of out of the box. Did they at have the time? Did they have rules <laughs> about what you could and could not play? No, no, no. That oh, was, you're that was lucky. the beauty. And we and we had turntables, you know, and uh, oh, well, we you had would those, cue yeah. one up, and then that you could you could put the uh, like a regular DJ, you know, like a, like sure. hey, you can you can put the record back and forth you know we'd play backwards and you know there are hundreds of people in their 20s right now saying what are records actually you know what the kids in their 20s they now know what records are because records are back in it's probably the people in the 30s that don't know what records are but the it na- it's now become this uh, kitschy thing where you you own vinyl yeah one day i had my friends help me came down quote friends help me in the studio and as i was queuing up one mm-hmm. album uh that was on the air uh we put another one on and then uh one friend pulled the one that was playing right off the air. <laughs> <laughs> and you got that great zip. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the carts? Did you have carts? Yeah, we did. Yeah, so, the carts. And there yeah. were the public service carts that you had. So now, you're not, if I want to play a sound effect now, I hit a button and you hear the car horn playing. If you wanted to do that in the old days, you took what looked like a, a mini eight track tape. That's right? correct. Yeah. And, and you pop it in. You Right. You pop it into a yeah. spot. And they were usually like, you know, maybe half a dozen spots, so you could mix it up and quickly hit a button, and it would. It was pretty good. It sounds it sounds clunky, but it worked pretty well. But you had to have those 
pre-ready, like you were you were at the mercy of whatever the carts happened to be. Yeah, there, sound there was something called or, Zodiac News. I don't know if you remember back no. then. No. And it was kind of uh, out-of-the-box sort of news. And uh, right. sometimes I had a friend who went to Yale, and we would go down to WYBC and do the Zodiac News down there. And so it was like a printout. It came off like a like a teletype machine back then, yeah. which was like the modern precursor to a fax. And uh, it was you, would, you would read this sort of bizarre news uh, on, on the air. So it was a really great experience. It was a shame that you inspired the Zodiac Killer to go on the killing spree. <laughs> it, that, that was the only downside <laughs> no, to that. No, we didn't do that. Okay. Um, I kid. I kid because I love. Bill is an attorney over at the law firm of Roberto Israel and Weiner in Boston, which has a special place in my heart because I actually worked there yeah, in we 19. Miss you. Yeah, we miss you. <laughs> I last worked there in 1995. Yep. How many years is that? A lot. Uh, Just getting over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, and it was wonderful. Some great, some great folks over there. So, and Bill is a trust and estates lawyer, which means he prepares your wills and your estate plan, and he basically plans your future. He holds your future right in his strong, durable hands. And tell me, in in a nutshell, um, why you like what you do, Bill. Well, uh, you know, we we uh, are in the business of providing. Uh, really what I say, sound planning uh, and mm-hmm. peace of mind. Uh, when I went into the field of law, uh, I didn't want to go uh, in, in an adversarial sense, uh, although we have a very strong litigation department. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just people that know me, they'll be, that's not my my thing. I'm not so litigation. Confrontational. Yeah, litigation are the <laughs> yeah the butting the heads. Butting you know, heads. The whole trial thing wasn't yeah. wasn't really my thing. I was really much more of a science sort of a guy and uh, liked math. And then uh, you know that drew me to tax law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, tax law is an underpinning base of estate planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, math, state tax, federal state tax, other states estate tax, income tax, etc. And I liked the certainty that. Uh, that science sort of uh, presented, and uh, wait, but how, I also was a how social does, science does, sort of how guy. How does science work? In you went from tax to science. That's where you well, because me. you know, with math, there's definitive answers. You know, you I owe see. this much in a state tax, you owe that much in federal state tax, or you don't. So I like that. But more I, of more of a science than an art, right? But yeah. I, but actually, I was an economics major in college, mm-hmm. but I also like social science. So it was a kind of a nice combination. I gravitated towards uh, law. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, tax law because it, it was some sort of mathematical thing. So I, mm. and the the thing that I really like about it is it's it's definitely as opposed to litigation, uh, it's a it's a personal side uh, of the law. Uh, when I when I tell people that uh, when they find out I'm an attorney, you know, I, I look at their eyes and I say, "So no, 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 I'm I'm a good witch, a good you know? kind, yeah." Um, you know, I, I tend to work with a family mm-hmm. uh, or an individual, and I try to bring about you know, solutions and be a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, in some sense is a very uh, big uh, therapeutic uh, aspect of dealing with a family. And, and uh, it's also a very personal side of law. Uh, you know, people, as, will t- as, people will reveal to you amazing things about yeah, their family, about, even if it doesn't have to do with uh, the law, right? That's right. Yeah. And, you know, issues pertaining to, uh, you know, their children, mm-hmm. uh, Sometimes children, unfortunately, today all too often, you know, there's substance abuse issues. Uh, uh, children, uh, you know, with special needs, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and this, even if they don't have special needs, uh, 
you know, the, the, the prevalence of divorce today is so, so high. Mm -hmm. uh, people are interested in, you know, what can we do to, you know, protect our, our children from creditors? What can we do to uh, protect ourselves in the event of a divorce? I got to get to your uh, office one of right the children. Away. I'm divorced and I have a special needs son. And as you can see, I'm a mess. So what time can I come in, Bill? Uh, you, 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 my friend, are, are far from a mess. I have tremendous respect for you, and well, you've been so great with your son and uh, all the things that you've done. I think a lot of people admire how you've handled that whole situation. But uh, don't make me cry. My goodness, that's very kind of you to say. Well, it's true. I mean, I think, but that's the beauty of being uh, an estate planner, and uh, you know, and, and actually, I have a son who's an attorney. Uh, People mm -hmm. say you know you couldn't talk yourself talk them out of it, but yeah, that's what I it's, said. It's you know it's still a great <laughs> profession. It's been a wonderful profession, and you, and it's uh, what kind you know of an opportunity what, what to really help to people in their lives. You know, of course, that that's that is why most people get into being a lawyer. Um, you know, there there is the minority of people. We were talking before about some of my classmates at BU Law School. Sorry, BU, but there are some of them out there who are there. You know, frankly, to get the highest paying job they can get. But that's a minority. I think I think most most people don't realize lawyers. You know the the universe of lawyers is filled with public defenders and criminal, you know, criminal defense attorneys and prosecutors and estate planning lawyers and tax lawyers and other lawyers who don't you know go into court and bang the table. And um, a lot of them don't get paid exorbitant amounts. They get paid well, but. Um, if you don't, if you're not going into it for the right reasons, don't do it. Right? What? What? How about? Yeah. Well, look, law is a lucrative field. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is America. It's it's not a crime to go. You of know, course. do well. Yeah. Uh, Capitalism. We both both alumni of BU. They mm -hmm. they do a good job. Uh, my son went to BC. It's a great school, especially the Jesuit mm -hmm. tradition. And there's a sort of an ethical precept. I mean, I think that's also a misconception, Dave. You know that. Of lawyers. I mean, we, as you know, mm -hmm. you know, being one, we have a pretty high. Uh, ethical standard uh that we that that frankly from my experience in the Among last the highest, 38 yeah. years of being an attorney they really do uh, adhere to that uh lawyers do take that stuff yeah, very really, seriously really seriously. very seriously yeah so uh i may be naive in that regard but i think lawyers are are pretty good no i think you're right and people you talk about like the image of the ambulance chaser a lot of people don't realize lawyers don't chase ambulances lawyer if lawyers do ch and i'm talking about sort of literally uh, maybe not literally chasing an ambulance, but literally. Well, they're not of, fast enough, first of all. <laughs> yeah, right. Most of them certainly aren't. Most of them are fairly athletic, so right? You know, they're, they're way behind. But, but to snoop around uh, an accident site, or even to to call, you know, so you see a report in the paper about someone who's in an accident. A lawyer cannot call that person, the you know, the next day or or ever really, because there's a very strict rule against solicitation, and you know. Not every lawyer. There are a few bad eggs, but most lawyers take that very seriously. Um, no, so but I've, I've had opportunities, you know, as an attorney to um, do some pretty cool things. I mean, uh, I've had situations where, you know, we've saved people's homes. You know, if someone went into a, a nursing home, they don't know that there's certain exceptions and transfer rules. I've, I have uh, talked someone out of disinheriting a child because uh, they didn't know that they didn't their their, their daughter was uh, was gay uh, and I said wow. to the the, the 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 client I said it was an older guy I said you're not disinheriting her she's gay right he says no and uh, I said uh, well did you have a fight with her she says no and I said uh, you don't like her partner and he looked at me and said well yeah 
and I guess if I give her money, it's going to wind up with oh, a partner. Okay. And I said, what if I showed you a way that I can have it? You know, you, there's no law. You have to like your, your daughter-in-law or son-in-law. But what if this shows you a way you know, that the money can be held in a trust right. for her? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then eventually, if, if they don't have children uh, or adopt children, that uh, would pass back to your other, your other children. Would that work for you? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he says, you could do that. <laughs> right. And I said, you yeah, know. I can. This is all true story. That's and great. and 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 uh, his wife was looking at him all the time, like, talk to this guy, you know, talk to him. She seemed and, to and be I said, well, do you want to do that, mm-hmm. Bob? I said, do you want to do that? And I said, he says, can you could do that? I said, yeah. I said, do you still want to disinherit your daughter? He looked at me and he said, no. Right. Do that, and his wife broke down and cried. So oh my God! These are what these, a are, these are real stories, you know, of things yeah. that have, have come into the office over the. I should really write a book, memoirs of an estate planner. Yes, How but about- I but I think it's such a you know a beautiful thing to be able to you know do that for people and. Uh, Bill, I think you should do an audio book. It's a lot easier, and we can record it right here in our studios. Well, maybe we will. <laughs> now that you're, you're cluing me into all the modern technology. Yes. So. Always be closing here at uh, yeah, so Pod Six One Seven. That's a long-winded answer. Why do I like but what a, I do? But that's no, but that's I, one of the reasons. I love that story. It sounds like it's a great lesson for a couple of things. One is, um, you know, lawyers can you know solve problems creative ways that that wipe away potential real strife and angst in a family, and so you did that well. But it's also a lesson I think in listening. Because you, because it, which is a lost art to many. You're trying to help this couple. He, he's obviously it sounded like when he came into your office, he had dug in his heels and said, "Forget it, um, daughter's gay. She gets nothing." And it was actually sort of deeper than that. And you, you brought it out, right? Right. And, so, and, so uh, was I mean, he, he, I sensed yeah. that he, he, he wanted not. To, I could see that it wasn't something that he felt comfortable with. He just didn't see that there was a way for him. He was, conflicted. Get around he was with conflicted. Yeah, you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so he wasn't necessarily a homophobic jerk. No, no, he okay. really wasn't. It really he wasn't. Just, that. just didn't yeah. know how to solve the what he was trying to do. Wow. Okay. Good. Good by you and and Bob. Wherever you are, we wish you well. And I hope. Uh, uh, unfortunately, they're good. both gone now. Yeah. Well. But okay. uh, but the daughter is uh, Bob was not disinherited. She doesn't right. even know about what actually. And happened. she never found that out, right? She just no, no. She had a trust for her, and okay. that was that was fine. Well, it reminds me of the scene in Rain Man where, you know, um, that was the work of an estate planning lawyer when Tom, Tom Cruise didn't know he had a brother. Uh, fictional story, based on a real story, but, you know, much of it, I think, fictionalized. Didn't know that the Dustin Hoffman character was his brother until later in life. And why? Because the estate plan of the dad had been written up that way per his wishes. And then, of course, if you've seen the movie, famously... The, the bulk of the inheritance goes into trust, not to be touched by Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise gets the rose bushes. I definitely get the rose bushes. I get the rose bushes. But a lot of people don't understand that. Like trusts are a thing. Trust, uh, a trust used to own the Boston Red Sox, right? Yeah, the Yawkey Trust. The Yawkey Trust, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it had certain restrictions. I think we. I think that's when it came out of the trust, though, I think, things got a lot better because they we, could actually spend yeah. some money. I think those eighty-six the years, players, we know, saw yeah, John Henry and thank Larry you, yeah, and and we the saw the group. drawbacks of uh, something yeah. being held in trust. Yeah. Thank God those days are over. The uh, other thing, though, it, it illustrates that uh, 
in that that last story, this really had nothing to do with taxes, right? And it had nothing really to do with uh, so that that's a big. I, I've done other you know YouTube's and shows and so forth, but yeah. I think one of the my roles is sort of dispel this myth that you know you have to be an imminent near of death to do your plan, and more importantly that everything has to do with high net worth estate tax. That that isn't the case, and. So you you'll, know, so, so many non-tax reasons for making sure you come in and get your plan done, mm-hmm. like making sure you have a healthcare proxy so people can make a medical decision for you, like making sure you have a durable pile of attorney so that people who love can get at assets like your 401k if your husband has a stroke so you don't have to go to court, you know, like uh, these dispositive things of how you deal with things in your family. Yep. Uh, what if you have a child that is uh, spending money and you don't know how to deal with that person? And then spend how do you do trust. it? Spend I remember that. Spend trust, trust, right? How do you do things so they make the kids feel all good? And right. You know, and how do you protect them from themselves? And how do you do make it so onerous that nobody wants to live with it afterwards? Right. So it's right. really a, a it's a very wonderful thing too. And I and I say this because I think you know what people know that under the uh, under this administration. You know, the uh, federal exemptions have risen between couples to 11.4 million per person, 22.8 million per couple, and it's COLID keeps going up. But so people think, well, what's so the point of the, going into that field? There's no estate taxes. You know, no, s- it, it, for they the, can't legislate away death. Now, hold on there, and lawyer guy. They can't guy. lay away, legislate. S- yes, go ahead. Slow down. Yep. <laughs> so, slow down, fancy talking lawyer guy. Yep. For those that might have missed it, the you correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert, but. The exemption being that high, eleven million, means when you die, you, your money can tran- can be, uh, you know, bequeathed to whoever you want, free of tax up until non-spousal that beneficiaries. Oh, people non- other than your spouse. People other than your spouse. Right. Eleven point four million. Eleven point four million per so, person. Which is that's a, the federal right, law. Right. Which is a wealthy, friendly law with the current administration, and, and couples are double that. Right, couple. So it's twenty two point eight million. Right. So people think, well, what do I need a a state planner for? Right. One is Massachusetts is still at a million dollars per person. Oh, there you There's go. no plan to raise state it. tax. Yeah. For mass estate tax, but it's also you want to avoid uh, minimize invasiveness of probate through trusts, and you want to plan these things so it makes sense for your children. Care so for that it, care they don't for the, get dropped right. tons of money on them. When they turn uh, 21 years old. I don't know what yeah. you and I were like at 21 years old, but it was probably not a good idea. To I was an idiot. Trust you, me. you and I to give a lot of money <laughs> when we were 21 years old. It's true. Only now do I realize how much of an idiot I was at 21. But, um, you know, Adrian's mom and I, we did a full estate plan um, when we were uh, late 20s or 30s because when we realized we had a kid with special needs, that you need a plan, and it's sad, and it doesn't actually have to be that expensive. You don't have to have a ton of money. In fact, the money was almost besides the point. Um, and, and in fact, one thing you can do that sort of gives you paper money is you just get the life insurance policies, and you set up this plan where you know that if you die tomorrow and your poor special needs kid is sitting there with no one to take care of him, you've got people designated to be the guardian, and you've also there will be money to take care of that because of the life insurance. So, um, yeah, I guess. Uh, and and, and in, in a, uh, you know, even in an Ozzie and Harriet sort of family where everybody is presumably healthy, I right. mean, that's a great, you know, strategy. I mean, that once again, that's a misnomer that you need to be very rich 
to doing your doing your. That's a myth. Your estate plan. Right. Just you know, you can create wealth for your children, especially you should if you have young kids and they want to go to college and it doesn't seem to be getting any mm-hmm. less expensive. You know, you buy a policy. If something happens to you, at least you know your kids can go. Mm-hmm. If they get into you know a uh, you know a top school and it's a you know seventy grand tuition now, you know they have some funds to uh, yeah. to get that done and then having it properly structured and owned so it doesn't pay a state tax on the insurance. So, yeah. All this is really great stuff, you know. It really helps families. Mm-hmm. It really helps people. And, uh, you know, the beauty of my what I do is I get to meet most of the time mm-hmm. fairly great people uh, most days. So I, I do, if there's young people that are thinking about what, what field of law do they want to go into, I uh, don't get turned off by, uh, you know, the exemptions being so high and there's no need to do estate planning. That's, that's just a myth. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head, literally. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships, clients, and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to Pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast, the hilarious show known as Shawshanked, and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the Pod Revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. Well, if you haven't been persuaded to become a lawyer yet, you can now you, I can see why you're somewhat into this bill. You're, ah. you're just here. I mean, it's, it's just all good stuff. And if um, so, you can see what a great ambassador that Bill is for for other lawyers and the profession thank, of it. Thank you, David. But but if but. you if you were in an elevator with just five minutes to explain it to someone, could you do it? I know, listening audience, that's what you're wondering. Yes. So therefore, we're going to play the game. Elevator pitch. Now, Bill is completely unprepared for this, so cut him some slack if um, he's not spot on. But I have a feeling he will be. Um, so, is, we, is this the part we can edit out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole. It's the whole thing. Yeah. No, it was. It was the part where you you, you went on that um, obscene uh, rant, Bill. That's the part I already edited out. <laughs> See what I did there? So, this is a game we call elevator pitch, and. Um, it's simple. You're going to hear the sound effects of Bill and I getting into a virtual elevator, and then we're going to have a conversation. Now, playing the role of Bill will be Bill. That's just uh, master um, casting right there. Playing the role of a random guy will be me. Now, we're going to add a little twist on it, Bill. Now, a li- he doesn't know this. A little bird told me you were in Las Vegas recently. True? True. True. Okay. Where'd you stay? Uh, we stayed at the Signature Towers. Oh, I've uh, stayed there. Which is MGM. Uh, yes, part of yeah, MGM. Yeah. Sure. Um, overlooking the um, Wet Republic Pool Complex, which is another That's word. That's correct. <laughs> <for> <laughs> just basically every uh, 23-year-old in town spending their parents' money on who knows what kind of drugs. But God, <laughs> but God bless them. They're young. Let them have their fun. But it's a lovely uh, hotel, separate and apart from that business. Um, so we're going to imagine that we're in Las Vegas and we're in an elevator, and um, uh, that's all you need to know. So I think we can get right into the. Here we go. Okay. Yep. 
Dude, what's up? Hey, man, what's up? Dude, um... Are you lucky at the tables? Dude, you're not going to believe... I'm so glad you asked that. You're not going to believe what just happened. I, w- I was playing the slots. Actually, you know what? First, I lost everything in craps. I thought I was like I was down to like my last freaking dollar. But then, all of a sudden, I went to the slots. Dude, I, dude, I freaking hit it. I hit it. I j- and and I'm sc- but I'm scared to death. I just I just like everything lit up. People running around me. There were cameras and shit. Um, but I gotta tell you, I thought I'd be so happy, but I'm scared to death. Dude, you know what I need? You know what I need? You're a, you're a fa- you're a little fancy looking guy, right? <laughs> I need it. Is do you know who I should ask about something like this? No, you wouldn't. know. What am I saying? You're just a guy in an elevator. I'm really sorry. Like, <laughs> like dude, I want. How much did you win? Um, I think 1.7 million. I don't oh. know. They gave me this coupon thing. Does this mean anything to you? It says 1.7. But then, like, dude, the security dudes came over and there were cameras, and I just freaking ran. Here I am in this elevator. By the way, what do you do? <laughs> you here with your family? Hey, I'm or getting set I'm up sorry. here. I think this no. is a setup in the no, elevator. No, dude, I'm being no, no, dude, I'm being honest. But um, I just realized I'm being rude. I didn't ask you about you. You here with your family or what? You having fun? Yeah, we're having. Where are you from? Yeah, we're from Massachusetts. Oh where, my god, where are you from? Where do you live? I have this really weird <laughs> nondescript accent that uh, I guess I've spent some time in New York and up and down the uh, East Coast. Uh, dude, it doesn't matter. Forget about me. Um, I don't know. You know what? Uh, my floor's coming up here. I, I, I just, I gotta find, <laughs> I gotta find someone that can give me some advice on all this freaking money. You, so, you, dude, you don't know what I should do, do you? Oh, so, well, what do you do? You must be like a <laughs> president of like uh, a restaurant. I work for Full of Brush. <laughs> Have a good time. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm an estate planning attorney. Help me sweep up all my problems. <laughs> estate planning? What? Oh, but that doesn't have anything to do with taxes, does it? Oh, it does. It does? Yes. Dude, you're the guy I got to talk to. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? I don't have to pay taxes on this, do I? Well, this depends on where you live. Okay. Well, so, I, you know, you need an attorney to, or someone, a financial advisor I'm to between. help you. In the jurisdiction where you live, in your state, oh, because well, a lot of this is state specific. I'm kind of between homes right now, but I can afford something now. I'm thinking maybe uh, Massachusetts. No, <laughs> no, dude, I want something warm. San Diego, San Francisco, maybe. I think I can afford some okay. shit like that now. So now you're under California law. Okay, and we have to refer you out to somebody in California. Yeah, so that you can talk to them about all their state tax laws and income tax laws and see how this affects you. So and maybe you want to set up a trust to own the uh, It's getting complicated already. Yeah, absolutely I just, I just, complicated. I just, Pretty yeah. boring too. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do you have a card on you, dude? I do. Can I call you? Absolutely. All right. Um, well, because I got to meet up with some buddies later. We're going down to Fremont Street and um, I think I'm supposed to meet someone at Circus Circus. Go to Cosmopolitan. Uh, go to Chandelier. Very nice. Really? Absolutely nice. Yeah, nice know. pink chandelier. You see no. inside of it? Uh, my pal Stu said they're going to be hot chicks down at Circus Circus, which by the way doesn't make sense because I hear the piss is a real shithole. Anyway, it's so nice to meet you, man. What's your name? Bill. Oh, my name is Paul and you can call me Paul the Rich Guy from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. All right, man. Yeah. And scene. That's right. Hope you enjoyed uh, elevator pitch. I do. Can you name the elevator, the song that was the elevator music? No. Girl from Ipanema. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Tall and tan and young and lovely. Very good, Bill Friedler. Um, 
that is, I think, the quintessential elevator song, song, elevator music song, right? It was like, it came on, what was it, the Muzak version? I don't know if you remember right. Muzak and oh, supermarkets. Course. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. worked for a supermarket in New Haven once and uh, sounds real glamorous. cleaned up a lot of borscht broken <laughs> bottles on the floor with sawdust. <laughs> Big Jewish community in New Haven eating the borscht or yeah, Russian yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Crown Supermarket. Interesting. Not Interesting. Closed, but, uh, I, in- I noticed that's not in your bio. <laughs> well that was thank you you know what good training though yeah oh was it absolutely How so? How so? after school you know go to work yep. you know uh, make minimum wage and maybe a little bit more if you work there uh, in the summers you know, it really is carrying bags out and, and we can be like um, crusty old guys and say this the younger kids don't understand this i'm sure some do and many kids work in supermarkets these days it's a shame though that you hear so much about these kids that make money on uh, just on the internet just just by pushing products on instagram or some such thing and um it, it's like it, there's a little bit of this easy way out philosophy um that p- these kids i think fall in love with it's the same reason why everybody lines up to sing it american idol because they think they're going to be the next big star and you got uh, Dave Grohl from Nirvana saying, um, get out of that line, uh, go start a shitty band in a garage like we did in Nirvana, and right. and, and maybe you'll be the next Nirvana, but yeah. you're not going to get it standing line. Anyway, yeah. we were talking about twists and turns, and before we go, um, Bill and I stumbled upon an interesting subject uh, before we started recording, uh, just about failing. I was joking that I failed at so many things, and Bill said, well, you got to, what, what did you say? You said it very well. Well, something about taking risks, or well, I, I didn't say this. I think okay. this was a, someone said it. Yeah, uh, I think it was a maybe Tony Robbins sort of thing. Is right. F- you know, the definition of failure is failure to try. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and because if you try, you know, it doesn't work out. So it didn't work out, and you don't want to internalize it. You know, it's like yeah. uh, don't make it your failure. But uh, if you don't try things in life. Uh, I'm not suggesting you, uh, you know, just go buy your new <laughs> hang gliding suit and right. just jump off a cliff. Right. But I, I, I just, you know, you can't you know, reasonable, right. calculated right. risks. Uh, you can't, you, you know, can't. have 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 moved moved mountains. You know, Steve Jobs. You know, that's right. You know, people that uh, took educated uh, risks, entrepreneurial risks. That's what creates I, jobs. Everything. Yeah, I was reminded of this Michael Jordan Nike at a boat failure and so we called it up so take a listen to this i missed more than nine thousand shots in my career i've lost almost 300 games 26 times i've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed i've failed over and over and over again in my life and that is why I succeed. It gives me the chills a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't it cool? It's um, so true. Now, I think somebody tried to find the 26 shots, the buzzer, would be <laughs> buzzer because that he missed and no one could find them. He but made a lot, though, didn't he? He, he made a lot. But, yeah, but you know, but, but point taken. And, you know, you can apply it to almost, you, you know, you can continue to apply it to sports. Would, would Tom Brady have won the last three Super Bowls if he hadn't lost two heartbreaking Super Bowls, right. both to the Giants. Maybe he still would have, right? But um, And he had the courage to take the ball. That's right. Of course, yeah. it was his job, but still, <laughs> he, gets, he gets the ball. 
Yeah, and I used to coach uh, my son in the rec basketball league in a couple years. First uh, couple years, we had the pleasure of going to the title game, but losing. And it's it's one thing for I get competitive in such situations, and I, so I was crushed. But then you look at the faces of these kids; they're even more crushed. And I remember something came to me in one of those moments where we had just lost the title game. And I said, guys, I'm just sad. I'm sad. I'm sad because the season's over because I had so much fun coaching you guys. And think about this. Those guys won. They're celebrating. Good for them. They won. Terrific. They have their moments. But let me say this to you guys. What they're doing is easy. Once you win, that's easy. It's easy to know how to behave after you win. You know, you're happy. You got a big smile on your face. What we're going to do now is we're going to shake their hands and you're going to learn something from this. You're going to be better because you're doing the harder thing right now, you know. Well, both you and I, Dave, had some good things in life. And sure. we've all had some difficult things. And I think you learn more from uh, things that didn't work out right. And, you really uh, do? Yeah, I do. And I think I think it's uh, your test as a, as a person on this journey is mm-hmm. uh, how well you can bounce from the things that don't work well. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like Garth Brooks and the song, The Dance. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to miss the dance. Uh, yeah. And so, you you know, it's a personal journey in life. Uh, you know, it's been a good go, though, and uh, I appreciate your friendship in taking me on here today. Oh, hey, my pleasure. And by the way, for many years. S- screw Tony Robbins. I'm just listening to Bill Friedler from <laughs> now on. This is, this is great stuff. So he, He's a good guy, too. He's Great taste. He ain't bad. He ain't yeah. bad. Uh, what did you say? Great what? Great, great tapes. Great tapes, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are CDs now and, and or podcasts as right, well. So right, right. So I don't know if he has a podcast. He should. Hey, Tony Robbins, you want a podcast? Uh, Call me. Yeah. <laughs> Bill so Friedler, you're, you're a good friend. You're a great lawyer. You're a great friend and a great lawyer. And you can find Bill at riw.com. If you want to like, check out his bio, you should talk to Bill if you've got uh, estate planning need. Or if you just want to go out and learn more about life, he's your guy. R-I-W, is that, is that is that a good place for people to find you? Absolutely. R-I-W.com. Google Bill Friedler. Or Google Bill Friedler, lawyer, F-R-I-E-D, Boston. R-I-E-D, like Arthur Fiedler with an R in it. There you go. You get the spelling and everything. Wonderful firm. We didn't get into it, but I used to work at that firm. And so shout out to the recently retired Barry Weiner, right? Congratulations to Barry yep. and now full-time golfer. Great guy. And all the other uh, great folks over there. I miss you. And uh, I will miss Bill Friedler, but he'll be back. If you, if you will join me back on this show some point in the future, I hope I'd you will. I'd love to. Excellent. Love to, David. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on. You got it. Uh, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Check out all we have to offer at pod617.com. And if you like this podcast, do me a favor. Share it with a friend or a colleague. Please subscribe to us. The thing is free for crying out loud. I'm working pretty hard here and you're getting everything. <sighs> Deep breaths. Thanks again for listening to the Boston Podcast. And enjoy your day, Boston.